The Sportzilla Show starts now. This is Bill Belichick, coach of the New England Patriots. He's won six Super Bowls. How? He cheated. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Maybe the Orange should cheat. I know. What's it going to take to get an ACC win? The Orange losing to the Florida State Seminoles 35-17. to The lone team in the ACC without a conference win. Oh, my Lord. It was 35-3 to at one point. We learned that offensive lineman Ryan Alexander up and quit the team last week. And Cam Akers kills the Orange again. Finishes the day with 20 carries, 144 yards, four touchdowns, and a two-point conversion. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Orange committing 14 penalties for 107 yards. The offensive line with five false starts. But Dino thinks they're getting a little better. But as the cheerleading squad at my high school used to cheer, U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi. Ugly! You ugly? Uh, uh, you ugly? You had to get that off your chest, didn't you? <laughs> Scoop and rain. Oh, doing the Sportzilla show thing. I just have to get this off my chest. It's a beautiful day outside today. The sun came out, and uh, it's a far cry from what we had to witness yeah. at Florida State. Yeah. Uh, according to my board, 64. 64. 64. 64. Wow. It's uh, basketball season. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I think it is. What did Brent Axe say? Put a picture of the Syracuse University football team on the back of a milk carton because it's lost. Brent Axe on the block, 4 o'clock. Spurn. I will admit I was far more invested in the SU football team for a lot longer last year. I don't remember a year that I was invested for as long in a long time as a lifelong Cuse fan. As the resident homer, you have lived elsewhere, so I don't know if the the orange is in your blood as much as it is mine. You got a little bit of orange in there now, maybe bleeding in from your Cleveland Browns. But now it's, of course, officially basketball season in my mind, too, because the, the record is what it says it is. You are what your record says you are. Bill, uh, Bill Parcell said it. It rings true. It is a very accurate statement to make, Scoop. I just don't think anybody could have predicted the offensive line was going to do this poorly. And a guy was going to... Who was the dude on the Bills that up and quit last year? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking me of the I'm same thing. i on his name. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that guy. doesn't matter. He's not a player anymore. He put his anymore. stuff on at halftime, and he left. Jeez. Can he you imagine? Just left. I, you know what? At 3.30, when we go and we get Jerry McNamara on here, by the way, speaking of orange basketball and a being basketball season, we beat Damon. We're going to do that, courtesy of Drivers Village. I'm leaving. I'm just out. I'm out. I'm done. Just well, to walk out in the middle of the show. It was Bonte Davis. Bonte Davis. Thank you very much. Bonte? Okay. Yeah. Very good. That guy. He's not a player. You know, the, the again, the fortunes of the Orange parallel my Cleveland Browns. The excitement before the season, Browns fans talking Super Bowl, Orange fans talking, geez. I mean, remember when people said, Maybe we'll go undefeated. There were people who said that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like me when I say, oh, my Knicks are going to be good, and then the Celtics beat them as expected. I, I, I'm realistic enough that I convince, I try to convince myself of these things, and I see some positive signs, but I knew they were going to lose. Well, I, I also saw somebody tweet maybe last week, and I thought it was pretty good. They said, you know, it's easy to get excited. We're fans, but the truth is 
the Orange hadn't put in the work yet. No. You know, you got to put in some work, and things are going to be tough. It's different when you're playing an opponent than when you're practicing against the guys that you, you play with on your team. Can I share some of Coach Baber's audio for you, Scoop, uh, along the lines of what the conversation has been thus far here on the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1? Go right ahead. All right, well, I'm going to. In regards to the offensive line, this is what Dino said. Well, I have patience, but it's only my patience only goes so far. I thought that the offensive line did a, a better job. I really do. I'm, uh, I'm a little surprised at how the seven sacks, I guess. I'm a little surprised at that. But I thought they did a better job, and I thought that uh, there was some fighting going on. I mean, as far as trying to move guys out of the way and stuff like that. I, there was some growth in that group. Now, I don't like the number, and I don't like being last in the country in sacks. But as far as what I saw out on the field, based off of what I have been seeing, there was some growth. We can build on that. Is that like a, a moral victory type of thing? Because, well, it was one better than they've averaged, which is about eight of them a game, I guess. I don't want to. I hate. I hate being a hater on the team, but it's just they didn't play well. He sounds like a disappointed dad. Yeah, they didn't play well. It's he's he's trying to rah 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 sis boom ba, and he's trying to trying to sell it, but I, I didn't play well. I don't know what to say. They Even didn't. though he says there's a limit to his patience, yeah. I think that if we really got inside Dino's head, we've already gone past that limit. You know what he had, what else he had to say? I think he already knows what he needs to do, wants to do, and it's just going to take time. You, 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 but you have to know after that game, everybody has to play better. And you have to know that he's going to say that. So guess what he said? I think all the guys need to be, they need to do more. You know, I, I really do. And I'm not satisfied. Anytime you get in a losing streak, you're not going to be satisfied. And it's hard to be able to, to find the positives. There's positives in there. But, but we need to work harder, and we need to, how do I say it, winning is so difficult, and when you have an opportunity to win, you need to embrace it. You need to celebrate a win. And I think now that we're seeing the backside of that, the difference between winning and losing is so small. A penalty here, stepping off there, uh, a mental mistake on an onside kick to start the second half. Just those things can't happen if you really want to win. Even a, that sloppy triple throw thing, you know, I don't know that would have worked against any other team. I, I mean, it was just everything that seems to go wrong can and will for the Syracuse Orange this season, which is a far cry from where the expectations were. We're all disappointed. I mean, the media talked about this team preseason and, we, and would – give you point spreads on games. They're not even a part of that conversation now. I mean, they're not even picking those games now. I mean, 0-4 in the ACC, I don't know anybody who predicted that. It's Is it mental mistakes? And clearly, if you listen and re- read between the lines with some of the post-game comments, just, just from Dino Babers himself, is it mental mistakes and occasionally a lack of effort with certain guys? And if you have a guy that's willing to quit and walk off the team – Clearly, he was not, he had not bought in. I'm not saying the other guys on the team haven't bought in, but that guy hadn't bought in. And if he went to the extreme of walking out, are there other guys that, as in years past, he may have bought in, but he just said, I've had enough. But that's the thing. But clearly, he's not bought in because you've, you've walked out on your teammates too. And if you're not a hundred percent, I mean, you got to see it through to the end. 
That's not commitment. That's not what you need to win. And I'm not saying that they're at the beginning of the season they weren't there, but it, it is it is faint. It is it, it's it's fainted. It's passed out. It's gone. It's feigned. What's the word I'm looking for? You understand what I'm saying? It's tainted. It's tainted. It's not the the commitment is not as strong. Okay, it, it was 100 percent or 100 the unattainable 110 percent. But well, was it? Uh, that, you know, in hindsight, I don't, maybe it wasn't. We thought this line was further along. It was obvious at various points in this season that I think mentally there were mental lapses. Yes, it didn't. They don't seem to know the playbook or what their assignments are. On, on the line at times. My frustration has affected my vocabulary and now made me focus on basketball. I'm just saying. It's just, it's it's sad. But, hey, you know, we get to go and tailgate before the games and Jeez. drink beer and have hot dogs and hamburgers, and that's fun. It, and I just cannot, can we just end the Syracuse football segment because we're all, fr- I'm frustrated and I'm going to go off on a tangent. I just want to say this, though. I want to be reasonable about it. Dino Babers isn't going anywhere. I said it last week. I'll say it again, and he should not go anywhere. That is not me jumping off the Dino Babers train. I believe he is the right man for the job to lead this team forward. He will fix whatever problems there are. He will address those needs in recruiting for next season. He will coach the right guys up that are on the roster now that maybe haven't been given those opportunities that will ascend to starting positions or be part of that depth chart that's necessary to win in the ACC at this level. It's just not happening right now. But those out there that are fatalists that want to get rid of Dino all of a sudden, stop. It's ridiculous. As disappointed as you fans are, I guarantee you Dino is more disappointed. It's his livelihood. And he is trying to communicate something to these players and these coaches, and it's not working. And I guarantee you the depths of his disappointment Far greater than yours as a fan. Let's let's cheer ourselves up with the football results of the National Football League. Uh, your team lost. <laughs> the National Terrible Officiating League. Uh, my team lost. The Bills lost. The Bills lost badly to Dallas. I was surprised by the, that. The Eagles. Eagles. To, the yeah, Eagles. To, yeah, I had uh, I had Dallas beating them last week in my head. Thank you for the save, boys. But, yeah, I, I mean, I never expected. Mike McAllister, I know I've seen stuff on Instagram and Twitter, who joins us from time to time for 247 Sports, went out to the game with his misses, and they had a great time. He got to see his team pretty much crush the Bills. Uh, my Giants lost. Shot. See, I think the Bills were more in that game for longer than we tend to remember. Mm. Uh, but you wouldn't have predicted the Bills having possibly their worst uh, perform the, the the defense of the Bills having their worst performance of the season. Some untimely turnovers. They're ne- they're never at a good time. But I th- I thought you know there there was a moment there. I thought all right, here comes the fourth quarter. Allen's got him right where he wants him. You know, and oh my gosh, and the big runs and the breakdowns on those plays. Ugh, you know, you're look, you're gonna have a stinker. Any professional team over the course of a long schedule, you're going to have a game where you just don't have it. Do you ever look at the coach of the Bills and think to yourself, Rain, you do look a little like that guy. He's in better shape. (laughs) He's a little thinner. I've got more of a dad bod. He clearly hits the gym on occasion. But we have a similar look. The bald head, the ginger, salt and paprika beard, blue guy. So no one has seen you guys in the same room together? It was weird. When he was first hired, there were people that were sending me 
like pictures of him going, you coaching the Bills now, dude? And I'm like, no. If I had his paycheck, though, I would. A half of his paycheck, quarter of his paycheck, I'd be happy to. There is a slight resemblance. Yeah, so that was grim. Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold was grim. He was ghosted by Jacksonville. Their mascot dressed up as a ghost, and he repels from the top of the stadium in Jacksonville in, into basically midfield, and he was dressed as a ghost. I mean, they trolled Sam Darnold in Jacksonville, of all places, and it went over really well. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. I, I just, the Jets fans, look, Orange fans, you and maybe some of you are Jets fans, but imagine how bad it is to be a Jets fan. I'm a Browns fan saying, Imagine how bad it is to be a Jets fan. It's worse. It's worse to be a Dolphins fan. Yeah, it's terrible to be a Dolphins fan. Or a Bengals fan. It's good to be a Patriots fan because you're 8-0. I don't even want to talk about them. Can I give you a couple tidbits, though? Sure. You heard? Jets traded uh, Leonard Williams to the Giants. They need that. They need yeah. a pass rusher. Uh, what was another rumor that I read? Hold on. Let me find uh, this here. Trent Williams is being rumored to be traded uh, the Redskins. Chase, left tackle. Chase Young is another one, too, a name that I've seen floated around. I mean. Uh, the Browns just traded away uh, linebacker Gennard Avery to the Eagles. That just came through. If you're the Giants, do you get Chase Young for a first-round pick? When you look at the, where's the Leonard Williams, the move they made in place of that rumored move. Do you go for both? What do you do? Is the season lost? I mean, they're developing Daniel Jones. That's another Danny thing. Dimes. Don't start with the Danny Dimes, man. It's the worst nickname. I had posted uh, on my Facebook for uh, a different station in our cluster my thoughts on that. A visual metaphor for the fact it was it's a flaming dumpster, and that's what I think of that name. That is the worst nickname. It's terrible. It's terrible. I don't want to. If they get good enough, if they grow Daniel Jones. And they're in a Super Bowl, fingers crossed, at some point. I don't want them calling them Danny Dimes for the whole game. That just ruins everything. It's funny how two words can set him off on a tangent <laughs> for a good 30 seconds. Uh, you know, I, he had a halfway decent game. Yeah, that's what and, I was going to say In next. spite of the conclusion and the ending and the final score. 28 of 41, 322, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He actually played pretty well. I mean, it started slow, but he played pretty well. That's awesome. I'm Jets happy. would take that. I mean, that's that's quality development. Yeah, man, that's better than the Jets quarterback who got ghosted, literally. Literally got ghosted. That's going to chase him around. Uh, the ghost thing is going to chase Darnold around for a while. I mean, and it was funny to hear some of the announcers yesterday sort of defend him. Oh, you know, that's that football terminology. Okay, all right, all right. All right, okay. I, when, you, I, when you have to explain the joke, the joke is then dead. Yes. And now now you want to defend him after everybody in sports talker land regurgitated that ad nauseum for 36 hours after that clip of him saying, I seeing ghosts out there. After it aired on ESPN, everybody picked on him and jumped on him and piled on for 36 hours. Scoop, I'm Rain Man, the glue guy, Matt, in studio with the SportsZilla show ESPN. <laughs> ESPN now Radio. they want to defend him. What is football terminology? You were part of the problem. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. We got to go to break, but I just want to wrap up a couple things, okay? Yesterday was the only day in 2019 which you have NFL NBA, MLB, and NHL all in the same day. There were 26 games in total. That is a great day to be a sports fan. 
Also, LeBron James got teased because his fake hair was falling out because he can't handle the fact that he's going bald. And to top it all off, Tiger Woods tied Sam Snead, won his 82nd PGA event ever. You talk about being resilient. He went over to China to win. Uh, Japan. Japan, okay. Talk about being resilient with all he's been through. I mean, one hell of a sports day yesterday. There's a lot more to discuss. And it was rainy and windy and ugly as it was. It was a good day to stay inside and enjoy all that. Yeah, let's talk about some more of what happened in sports over the weekend next. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Lane and Scoop. Okay. Blue guy. Yeah. The karma of the Astros has obviously completely changed. Which I warned you guys about last some, week. Some of the things that I'm sitting there stating last week, I clearly have to reevaluate my position on things because Washington goes, wins two games. The Tubman thing is hanging over the Astros' head. They actually ended up firing him. We weren't sure if it was would wait because of the press and the headlines. And now it's gone away a little bit. And then they come into Washington and three straight. And now they're on the verge going back to Houston and tomorrow winning the World Series. What was the question you asked? Does he receive a ring, he being Tubman? No. No. He got fired. And what's your counter argument? But he's been on the team the whole year. But he got fired for being a jerk and violating probably the ethics clause in his contract. And he's got, a, am sure, a big fat severance payment that was negotiated as part of his exit. Look, this PR team has fumbled this whole thing. They're going to fumble it one more time and give him a ring if they do win. Nah, I don't think so. I don't, I don't fathom that they could possibly be that stupid. Could they? I'm sure he's uh, already looking for a job making pants for women that don't have enough pockets. Couldn't they, I should say. They already have proven their stupidity in basically trying to cover it up and lie about it to begin with. Will it be handed off in a parking lot somewhere where there's no publicity around it? No, he just doesn't need to get one. You're, you're also assuming they're going to win a ring. Yeah, that's true. What if they end up losing it? I said, what if? The karma is completely shifted, though. That black cloud is gone, and the team was able but to focus. no home team has won a game yet. None, and it doesn't happen very often. Is it going to continue? Is this going to continue? Is Washington going to go down there, get out of D.C., and maybe because of all the distractions off the field for three games because D.C. hasn't had a World Series or games of this consequence in, what, 70, 80 years? I couldn't help but be struck by, and we've actually talked about this in the bar watching the games, the different atmosphere at Minute Maid Park as opposed to Nationals Park. You know, Minute Maid Park, they're standing the whole game. They're going crazy. Nationals Park, they're like gripping the, the steering wheel with white knuckles. They're like, oh, my God, we're freaking out. You know, it's a different atmosphere. You could tell they're like tense, like they're waiting for the other shoe to drop for something bad to happen. To be fair, there were a lot of distractions at uh, Washington Park yesterday. Man, that was incra- that was crazy. There was a a circus surrounding the game. Let's just leave it at that. In I more did, ways than one. Yeah. I did like, uh, I can't remember if it was last night or the night before, when they did the stand-up for cancer thing in the middle of the commercial break, and the whole, the whole stadium was holding signs, everybody, players, everybody, for the, the person... Uh, in their lives that had been affected by cancer and who they were standing for. And it was quiet and it was solemn. It was beautiful. 
Yeah, there are moments like that that just get you. And that, to me, outshone all the baseball. I thought that was just a fantastic moment. I mean, who would have figured at the end of the week, the end of the, the weekdays, that we'd have uh, three games, the Astros would rattle off a win in all three of them in D.C., the, the Nationals get one hit the entire time with runners in scoring position, and they're outscored 19-3 to in those three games. The President of the United States was there, didn't throw out the first pitch. There was a lot of other things happening surrounding that. You also had two sets of boobs behind home plate that caught more attention, I think, than the game when it was all said and done. I, I don't know if you really – did you see that go viral and get sent all over social media? And it was crazy because – the first thing that got sent around was the first girl, but then you realize, wait, there's a dude, and then on the other side was her friend, who also, they were wearing the yellow shirts, and they are now banned. They were sent a letter, and the girl, one of the girls involved actually put on Twitter. Both of them did. They both did yeah. now. Okay, saw the first. They have been banned from attending. Isn't there three, though? Apparently there yeah, was a third apparently one. Apparently there was a third one. But I don't think she was shown in the video. Six of them. Wow. I mean, what a distraction. Garrett Cole, did you notice there was a timeout called when they yes. were seven? I don't know if he saw or not, because there's no way the umpire saw. But Garrett Cole had to have seen that and had to have been distracted. I don't care. I, who I you bet are. you he didn't see it. I bet you he is so zoned in he didn't see it. Would you have seen it? I don't know. I would have. I mean, I was happy to have seen it, but I don't know if if I'm in that moment and I'm trying to throw a strike or. You know, this is the World Series. I may not even be looking over there. Not even a clue that they're pulling their shirts up. That was kind of funny, though. I did enjoy that. Did you see Jeff Adams take the baseball to the chest? He hulked up, was like, oh, and he held onto his two beers. That's the guy, the, the fans' the name home that did run, that. It bounced off his chest, yeah. and he kind of kept it away from the woman that was sitting there. I assume that's his girlfriend, maybe, or I don't know. Yeah, his, uh, Jordan, Jordan Alvarez hit the home run and he just, he held his Bud Lights, two Bud Lights. I mean, is that product placement? Do two you thumbs think, up. What did, did Bud Light hire the guy to take the two beers and go, okay, you're going to stand here because we've used the analytics and this is the most likely spot if he hits a home run that it's going to go and you just run back and forth and, and like a video game and you just catch that one to the chest. Hold those Bud Lights up though. Let's see the labels. Let's see the labels. Possible? If so, the analytics guy needs a raise. Yeah, man, that's an ama- You know what? Though? Hey, look, that ball was about maybe uh, a foot away from you know landing in the family jewels. There, that that would have been like an America's funniest home video right there. Oh, sure would have. Then the beers probably would have gone right up in the air. Got a couple more things about baseball for you guys. Yankees, Aaron Hicks out eight to ten months. He's having Tommy John surgery. It's the second guy. Uh, it's weird to see Glaber had it last year. Didi Gregorius had it. It's weird to see as a third guy on the Yankees who's not a pitcher having Tommy John surgery. You're seeing more of that in the game, and I wonder why that is. Also, Jacoby Ellsbury uh, reports are there's little hope for him having anything to do with the team, even though they've got to pay him for one more year. So don't look for that to happen. And overall, to stay on point with the World Series, road teams have won six straight World Series games for the first time since the 49-50 series Six straight has also happened two other times as well, but the road team road teams have never won seven straight World Series games spanning seasons. So there is a useless piece of information as we look forward to the final. Also, two. the Yankees uh, fired their pitching coach. Yes, uh, that was covered at our Syracuse Sports Center, Larry Rothschild. I honestly, as a fan, was hoping they did it before last year, but I don't know. With some other financial commitments, I mean, a lot of the team from this year will be back. 
Are they going to augment starting pitching? Because they've got a lot of guys. They've got arms already on this roster. Is the one target Garrett Cole it seems to be? But the scapegoat for the starting pitching is Larry Rothschild. And you knew that was going to happen. There's no way he was coming back. I think that was almost an inevitable move for them. Imagine the bidding frenzy on that guy, Garrett Cole. Oh, 35 mil a year. I mean, I'd love to have him on the Indians. Who wouldn't love to have that guy? Everybody's going to be interested. You know, the Phillies will talk, the Dodgers, they'll figure out how they can move the big stacks of money around, get that guy. He's going to have a lot of lucrative conversations. Lucky for the Yankees, it looks like Boston is going Moneyball style. Yeah, they have to. Mm -hmm. They have to because the way they've been going, they have no farm system whatsoever. The Yankees at least have prospects to call. Pat Corbin, though, was a Yankees fan because of one extra year that was not agreed to in that deal. He said, nope, going to the Nationals. Look at him now. He's in the World Series. Win or lose, he's in the World Series. Garrett Cole, lifelong Yankees fan, at one point a draft pick of the Yankees, went back to college, ended up not being with the Yankees. They tried to get him in a trade previously, didn't do it last year. He went, and of course, here he is now with the Astros. Is he happy in Houston now? He's going to get paid the same amount of money. What if they offer him that? They're saying the Astros will not pony up that type of salary for him, limiting them and a lot of other teams from his marketplace. you got to think the Yankees have the inside track because of the resources they have from those incredible TV deals and broadcasting deals and the advertising. They do. It's just it. they can they can just leave other teams in the dust. Well, that and it's the Yankees. What more do you need to say? And, he, and he's a fan. Here's the thing, though. Their payroll commensurate with the overall revenue that they actually generate as a, as a franchise or as a business, a corporation, is one of the lowest in the leagues in what they pay out in payroll as compared to other teams. Other teams don't make as much, but... They spend more of what they make overall on their payroll. The Yankees do not, actually. They're not reinvesting it. In theory, if you based it on that, the Yankees' payroll should be like $300 million. You see what I'm saying? And, but it doesn't mean they have to. But it's they're there. starting with a bigger piece of the pie anyway. So. Yeah, Hell Steinbrenner is not George Steinbrenner. He is not the boss. They're running it completely different, and there are actually constraints. But that actually plays into the strengths of... Ryan Cashman, who should not be fired. we got to take our break because, courtesy of Drivers Village, today is the first day of many Mondays where we will be joined at 3.30 by Coach McNamara, G-Mac, Jerry McNamara. And we'll do that right after Scoop gives you this. And the Burdick Toyota guest line, 315-437-7644. Caller number five right now is registered to win a chance at kicking an extra point for $1,000. One person will be chosen at random from all registrants to attempt to kick at halftime of the SUBC game and win $1,000 from ESPN Radio Syracuse. More SportsZilla on the way. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. SportsZilla Show back on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Get used to it on Monday afternoons at about 3.30 as we talk to Jerry McNamara, Coach Mac, Mac. How are you today, man? It's good to start this season off with a win over Damon in exhibition play. Gentlemen, doing well. Yeah, it's uh, nice to get our feet wet, you know, so to speak. Uh, get out there, play against a little bit different competition. First time we've really done that since Italy. So uh, 
a lot of things we can certainly learn from from Saturday night. But uh, you know, we're 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 excited to get this thing going. We've been going at it for quite a bit of time now with the you know the extended stretch of ten practices in the summertime leading up to the Italy trip and. You know, now with the 30 practices in 42 days, which is a little bit different over the last few years of college basketball, getting to start a little bit earlier, certainly than a decade or so ago when I played. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's nice to get back at it and get in the schedule. So when you look at this game, you got to be encouraged by all the three-pointers, 15 of them, six different players hit for three. But on the other side of the ledger, 20 turnovers. So obviously that's something – the team is going to address. Yeah, you know, and we got off to such a great start. You know, I remember the, you know, I don't know what TV timeout, if it was the under 12 or under 8, uh, where at one point I had looked at the stat sheet and we had 11 assists on 14 field goals to three turnovers. And I think we finished the half with five turn or, you know, five more turnovers. I think we finished at halftime with eight turnovers. So, you know, obviously our strength of this team is the ability to shoot. Uh, you know, coming back off of last season with, you know, obviously guys that have played quite a bit and Elijah Hughes and, and Buddy Beheim, but then adding guys like Joseph Gerard who could really shoot it and Bryson Goodine and uh, you know, now Robert Braswell who's gonna be on the court a little bit more, Quincy, you know, those guys can all shoot it. You know, so when you have, you know, six, seven guys on this roster that could shoot, we knew it was gonna be a strength of ours. We knew coming back from the Italy trip that it was really our strength. Um, you know, but I, like you said, you know, the, the reality of it is when you have, you know, Jalen Carey with five turnovers and Bryson with four uh, Joseph Gerard with three, you know, there's 12 or 20 right there from our position from the guard spot and particularly from the point guard spot. So, you know, nothing against Damon. Uh, you know, by the way, who is a terrific team. Uh, you know, I, I don't think you could, you could probably find a better Division Two team for us to go up early. I know Duke had a battle the other night against the defending national champions, but uh, from their from their big guy, Cisco to their, their guards, Harris, uh, Red Band, guys they could shoot it. Um, they did a terrific job, but we're going to be facing the likes of great defensive teams like Virginia to start the season where, you know, you have 20 turnovers in our schedule against ACC teams. You're going to be in a, a world of hurt. Uh, that's something that we need to clarify and, and make known right from the start that we can't afford to waste 20 possessions a game. You know, if you're sitting in that 8 to 10 range, you know, it's pretty typical, but, um, you know, 20 possessions is a lot. You know, we're going to need to magnify every opportunity we get with the offensive side of the ball and with our ability to stretch teams and shoot it, you have to protect it because you can, you know, you can you can pick people apart a little bit with with the roster we have in place. And um, you know, the the good thing is going back and watching film. Um, you know, of those twelve, you could figure seven of them are correctable. Eight of them really are correctable from my from you know from my calculation. And um, some of them are awareness. Some of them are learning. Uh, you know, really more of the pick and roll game and. Uh, where your options are and what the better read is. So uh, moving forward, uh, we know we're going to be able to shoot the basketball. It's a strength of ours. But if we're going to put ourselves in position to win against the big boys, we're going to have to protect the basketball. Jerry McNamara with us on the SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. And we talked to GMAC, courtesy of Drivers Village. So Jim has obviously referenced the fact that the team is going to have to shoot more three-pointers than they ever have before. It's the evolution of the modern game as it stands. But I wonder on the flip side of that, and this is a half-joking question, Jerry, but is the answer defensively to play more man-to-man this year? Because, you know, the fan base is going to call for it. I'm, I'm half-kidding, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Coach usually sparks it when he mentions in an article in the preseason that yeah. he's thinking about playing more man-to-man, so it usually sparks a debate. Um 
you know, I, I think our defense over the years, you know, I think what people don't really understand probably for the most part is how much we do, how much we do play it in practice. You know, obviously going up against most teams that do play man-to-man, you have to spend a lot of your time attacking against that defense. Um, you know, but the, the the zone for us has, has really been probably, you know, not probably, it's been our better defense. Uh, it's been our better defense. Our guys understand it. They understand the angles of it. Um, I thought Damon, you know, they had 14 threes. If you go back and watch, I mean, some of these threes are, are deep, you know, five, six feet behind the line. Two of them were late in the clock. Um, you know, if you're going to give up late contested shots, you know, that's kind of what the defense is designed for. Well, I thought we did a pretty good job of that. It's the ones that get in the high post early where they pick you apart and they get an uncontested shot are the ones that we don't live with, that we can't live with. So, um, you know, I, I think this team, we showed in Italy that we are capable and stretches the planet. Um, you know, I think the last few years, I mean, it's kind of a testament to – uh, how good the defense has been. We haven't had to come out of it a lot because we haven't been blown out a lot. Um, you know, we've been in games and in, in two, three possession games at, at worst, you know, and uh, it's given us an opportunity to stay in our better defense. In the past, we've we've gone a little bit more man-to-man. And, you know, back to even when I played, you know, there's quite a few games that we switched man-to-man to kind of change the flow of the game, but uh, again, that's something that I think as we move forward, we'll obviously take into consideration and, and coach will dabble with a little bit if we need to. Uh, and going through the Italy trip has has kind of given us an opportunity to look at some lineups that would be our best option if we did decide to go a little bit man-to-man. I, I think it's funny. Uh, Jim kind of puts it out there in the sense of, you know, I'm going to tell you we're going to do it, and then you won't ask me the question again. But it does, it helps with individual skills defensively that you're going to need within the 2 3 zone scoop. And I'd like to get your thoughts on uh, what you need out of two guys in particular this season Elijah Hughes, who hit for 24, and Brahma Sidibe, who had 10 rebounds. That's You probably want more of the same the rest of the season from those guys. Yeah, well, Elijah, you know, going into this year, we, we've had guys over the years that you see kind of typically in our program that uh, guys that have maybe been the second or third option, and when they get their opportunity, they're kind of prepared for that. I think Elijah is. He had a great summer, uh, spent all summer up here working out, doing early morning workouts. So we were really happy with how he performed this summer and the work that he put in, and he, you know, he'd be prepared to handle that type of workload. Um, I think the biggest uh, improvements that he's made or is his ability with the basketball. Uh, you know, I think when he got here after his transfer year, you know, he said it himself, his days off with me weren't, uh, I'm sorry, his game days during his transfer set out season were, were his most difficult ones. I kind of simulated a game, you know, what he would feel like after a game. It was very physical. I would hold him a lot, uh, put in a lot of, you know, opportunities with him with the basketball where he had to grind it out um, you know, I think he's made some big strides with the ball. You know, there were stretches the other night. I thought the kid Breon Harris for Damon did a terrific job of trying to pressure the ball. You know, the, the, the ability that we have in the backcourt when you play Elijah, it's such a luxury when you have a guy in the three-man slot that could also be a ball handler. You know, a lot of teams, they they only have maybe one, two great on-ball defenders. And I thought Breon Harris kind of set the tone in the Damon game for pressure of the ball. But if you – you know, if you take him off the basketball, it's going to change the way your defense looks. And, you know, Elijah's able to do that for us. He's able to alleviate pressure of how you can get up and dictate defensively, and he did that. 
um, you know, he, he his ability to play the point and stretches, to play off the ball, to post up. He kind of did a little bit of everything uh, in the Damon game, and it's something that we're going to anticipate. You know, him continuing to get better as the year goes on, being a very versatile guy for us. And Barama, I think, you know, I know you said it was 10, but I think the revised stats actually had him for 11 rebounds. So uh, he's a guy, you know, that, that's when we know he's on, is when he's getting to the glass. That's his gift, his activity level. He hasn't been healthy in his career. Yeah. Uh, we feel like this is the first time in a long time that he's able to move the way that he's capable of. Still needs to get better around the basket of finishing. He missed a bunny the other night. Uh, but it's his activity level that sets him apart. You know, being active defensively, getting to the offensive glass. He had a couple offensive rebounds the other night that led to baskets. Um, you know, Jesse Edwards also had one. We expect a lot out of him. Jesse's going to be a, a guy that as we move forward, we feel like can make big, big gains and strides. Um, you know, so the the big thing for us, because one through four, you have a pretty stable lineup. Obviously, from the guard position we talked about, we can't turn the ball over, so we have to correct that. Uh, but the ability to shoot, uh, the ability to play versatile with with Barack and Quincy at the four spot, uh, Elijah at the three, uh, and then that five man position is going to be important for us. You know, guys that are going to be able to dictate. I thought Jesse Edwards, even though he played ten minutes, uh, got his hands. Uh, you know, I think he had two, was listed I think for two blocks, but um, you know, I had him or one block I think I, I had him for at least two or three. So um, you know, being able to dictate the game around the rim. Uh, and, and certainly offensive rebounding because we have those four guys in the perimeter that are capable of shooting. Those guys sometimes are going to be jockeying for a position under the rim, and if they can get us, you know, between the two or three of them with Bowl coming in, you know, three, four, five offensive rebounds a game, it could lead to a perimeter kick out three second opportunity. So um, big, big area of, of improvement for us this year. We feel like if we can get that five-man position going, it's going to elevate us a little bit. Jerry McNamara, along with Rain and Scoop on the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. And that's every Monday at this time, courtesy of and brought to you by Drivers Village. One last question for you is everybody out there listening gets used to us talking to you every Monday at this time. But two more uh, two more conference games this year, and it starts a little bit earlier, as you had mentioned, with the Virginia game. What's the overall feeling about adding those two games? Makes a difference, doesn't make a difference. What do you think? Well, I, you know, I feel a little bit of a way about it. I, I think, you know, it's it's difficult for me to think that way uh, in the sense of, you know, if I'm the ACC, you probably want all your teams going into conference play to be at their best. Now, does that put you in a position to be at your best when you start off with an ACC conference game? I don't know if it is. I mean, realistically, you could probably say no. Um, but I get the flip side of things. I think Thanksgiving time for, for the average college basketball fan is probably the time that they start to really get excited because you start to see some very intriguing matchups. Um, so, you know, I, I think this adds a little bit more excitement early on. It probably adds a little bit more entertainment value from certainly the ACC fan to know that right from the start you're going to have an ACC ranking. You're going to have a, a schedule out right away that puts you in the standing column. You know, there's <laughs> – Right away, you're either 1-0 and or 0-1 and in the ACC. So, you know, I think it's a good thing for the landscape of college basketball. The only, the only hard thing is you feel like you want to be at your best when you hit your conference schedule. So um, there's a little bit of feeling of both, but at the same time, I mean, what better way to start if you're a competitor than go against the best? And uh, we love our conference. We think it's one of the best out there, if not the best. And 
uh, you know, our football team opened up this year with the defending national champion in Clemson, and we get to open up with the defending national champion in Virginia. So it's an exciting time, and uh, certainly our guys, hopefully by the time it comes around November 6th, are going to be prepared for it. Jerry, always at his best. You are the best. Thanks for the time. We'll talk to you next Monday. Have a great rest of your afternoon, man. Sounds good. Thank you. More Sportzilla Show next on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Real. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Watch Orange Nation live tomorrow, noon to 2, from Dave and Buster's in Destiny, USA. Come out to Dave and Buster's, win prizes, and enjoy some great food. Orange Nation tomorrow. Scoop, I just want to say that I agree with Isaiah Thomas, formerly of the Boston Celtics, wondering where guys like Carmelo Anthony, Jamal Crawford, J.R. Smith, and Iman Shumpert are. They're unsigned, some decent basketball players. I promised a little bit of NBA before we get you on the block with Brent Axe, and we'll do that in just one quick moment. Also thought it was great to hear Demetrius Nichols make his announcing debut on television Brian Higgins calling the exhibition game, Q's one. And I did just want to leave one thought for the Knicks fans out there. Keep hope alive. Have a little faith. Even though they lost to the Celtics, that would be the glue guys team. Can I just give you one silver lining, please, glue guy? Sure. Okay, RJ Barrett. 26, three assists, seven boards, nine out of 20 from the field, four to six from three, four to seven as far as free throws. The future is bright, at least with RJ Barrett. And you just hope that Mitchell Robinson has a good recovery. Yeah, exactly right. All right, we get it. We get it. You like the boss and Bruce Springsteen. But I'm just going to say this before we get you on the block with at Brent Axe Media. I still think currently the Dave Matthews Band is a better band. Argue with oh, me. Oh, please. Come on. Please. <laughs> Clarence Clemens. God rest his soul. I will not have you. Leroy Moore. Disparage him so. Leroy Moore. Carter Beauford? Come on. Wrap it up. He's better than Weinberg. Aren't those guys on the crunch? We're going to find out next. We'll see if he has something to say. Maybe, maybe not. This is ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. The Sportzilla Show back tomorrow at 3.